Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and I'm so glad to have you back as we talk about getting back together in person. The season has come. The, the, the COVID threat has not completely gone away, but we are at a time when the word is it's time to regather. It's time to think about coming back together. It's what we've all been waiting for. And as we, uh, as excited as we are, our kids are excited to be back with us. Our volunteers are excited. Our pastors are excited. Parents are excited. We also have a lot of things to think about in order to make that happen. And so along with our excitement may come a level of anxiety or a level of just not knowing where to begin because coming back together involves a lot of things that we've never done before. We've never uh, not met in the way that we've been not meeting and we've never had to come back together in the midst of a pandemic with uh, in a world where a lot of things have changed. And so as a Lifeway Kids team, we have been working hard to be able to inform you as church leaders about what you need to be thinking about as you prepare to come back together. Uh, by the time you listen to this, some of you have may already started to meet, but some of you may be uh, a few weeks out from your first gathering. We know that our churches may begin to meet, but our kids' ministries may not meet uh, as children's programs for a few weeks after the adults begin meeting. And so we do have some time to think about these things, but the time is certainly now. Uh, we don't have time to delay. It's We, we need to engage um, strategically in making our plans so that when, whenever it is time for us to meet again, we are well prepared, uh, and well, uh, versed with our plans in regards to six broad categories. And so we at Life Week Kids have put together a free ebook that we are offering at lifeway.com slash six considerations. And at lifeway.com slash six considerations, you will find a web page that includes an ebook and some posters that you can download. Um, there's also a blog post by that title, Six Considerations for Reopening Your Kids Ministry, that was written by our good friend and trainer, advisor, um, publishing team contributor, Delany Williams. Hi, Delany. Hey, Chuck. We have been, you and I have been talking a lot about uh, the church meeting again, and we we assigned to you the task of compiling this ebook. And so you've been working with different members of our team to flesh out these different areas of consideration. We have a lot to think about as we come back together, don't we? It's not just an automatic show up and turn the lights on. We've Some things are different. Definitely. And as you were saying that it can easily become overwhelming and there's a range of different feelings. Some people are more fear or, you know, we've never experienced this again. So what is this going to be like? And some are like, let's go ahead and get back together. And I think we need to recognize our personal feelings of how we're feeling, but then all of those that we minister to as well. And remember that most importantly, we need to seek the Lord's wisdom as, mm. as we formulate our plan and that we come together and that we also recognize that each church is unique, meaning that our plan is not going to be the exact same plan as a church maybe down the street or mm. in a neighboring city or, or another state, yeah. that depending on what our local guidelines are, depending on our church, each person's church, the size of it, the um, the members, their, each plan is going to be different. And so 
we have to seek the Lord's wisdom and then mm-hmm. other people's guidance as well and um, put together the best plan that we feel is going to keep people safe, but also make sure that we're sharing the love of Christ as well. Yeah, and it's important to note that, Deli. I'm glad you mentioned that, that really this approach, we're, we're providing six categories of things you need to be thinking about. But the things you do in each of those areas may be very unique to your church in your state, in your city, in your town, in your congregation. And so there really is no one prescription for everyone that's one size fits all. But the categories we've identified are really things that we all need to make sure we're uh, aware of and thinking about. Right. And this this book that you mentioned is the fact that or something, a tool to help each church to think strategically through Mm. these these six categories, these six considerations, that it would be a starting point to help them craft their own plan. And so um, our first consideration that we need to think about is our ministry strategy, our ministry strategy. And when I think about ministry strategy, I think about the overall vision of our ministry. And meaning, as you said, this is our first time that we've ever experienced something like this in our lifetime where we haven't been able to meet on campus as a group, but now we're coming back. And so you need to think about that. Our ministry strategy, more than likely, your kids' ministry strategy, well, most definitely will fit into your church's overall plan. Yes. And so you have to keep that in consideration, but also thinking about You know, there will be some people that maybe want to continue worshiping online because they may want to wait a little bit before they come back to church. So how are you going to be ministering to the people that are continuing to worship virtually, but also those that come together on campus? So there may be some people that we we're not meeting as groups yet, but maybe as a worship you know, during worship, we're meeting that. So it may be families and worship. So you're thinking about how do you minister to them as well? Well, and strategically, you meant, that word strategy, I like a lot that we really need to be strategic in our ministry in what we're doing and in how we're doing it, that we're intentional and that we're doing it for a reason, for a purpose that is strategic. And so during this time that we have been, um, you know, sequestered is the word I like to use. Quarantine implies that you're sick. Being sequestered means you're kind of locked away for some important reason. But during this time of being sequestered away, like we have many, many, many churches have instituted different kinds of digital and virtual and Zoom-based teaching uh, in small groups and different things. We created Lifeway Kids and Lifeway Preschool at Home that's available on digitalpass.lifeway.com for free. We have a new resource, curriculum.lifeway.com, uh, that churches can can use to deliver content to the home. And this, uh, the strategy of using digital content, videos and audio and downloadables and printables, uh, to to push content right into the family room at home is new. And so for some of us, we may have initially thought that was a temporary solution for a temporary problem. In reality, that may be something that we continue for a long time going forward. Right, definitely. And like you said, we want to can we also want to think about what are some things that we learned during this time being sequestered that, you know, like you said, we learned how we can help equip parents virtually and online. And there may be some other things that your ministry um, discovered. And so that's sure a good we, time. we may be delivering porch packs or doing pickup things right. at the church. 
something else, Delany, that I think has changed is that with the, you know, the COVID um, timeline that we've been on, a lot of us have moved to more of a daily cadence of ministry. You know, we're typically when we used to meet together the old in the old world, pre-COVID, kids would show up Sunday morning, Sunday night, maybe Wednesday night, you know, those scheduled times. And that's when ministry would happen. And I see a lot of folks have moved to a different cadence of of teaching and of interacting uh, using media. Right. And I think a key there, as we've talked with kid ministers and hearing how, how they're connecting with parents and, you know, they want to make sure that whatever they are resourcing parents with, that parents are utilizing, that they're not feeling necessarily overwhelmed. But the key that they found is finding a plan that's sustainable for them, mm. that they can do for the long time, that it's also beneficial for the parents that they aren't replacing the parents as the um, primary disciples, but they, um, of their kids, but that they are resourcing the parents. Mm. And so finding something that is going to work best for them. But like you said, also just the part of ministry. And I think we have also learned the importance or been reminded of the importance of connecting with people. Mm. And most importantly is people want to know that they're important and that someone cares about them. And so just the following up, just the contacting, asking people how they're doing, asking people how you can be praying for them. That's what I've heard a lot of great, great feedback from people saying, you know, we've known that that's important, but now we've, because we haven't been able to meet in person, we're seeing and being reminded of the importance of contacting and connecting families. And when we talk about ministry strategy, one of the things, one of the words that we like to use within Lifeway Kids is the, is the word why. What's your why? And so we often come back to, um, you know, what's the reason for the gatherings we have or what's the reason for the way we facilitate um, experiences with our kids? And so as we reevaluate ministry strategy, one of the things we need to think about it's good for us to revisit the reason we're doing things. And it could be that there are some things that we're doing or that we have done in the past that just don't make sense going forward. And it could be that there are some new things that we've discovered that we need to continue as we move forward. So reevaluating um, to, to, to double down on, on the reason for why we do what we do and then to make sure that we are, in fact, being strategic with our energy is a wise word. Exactly. So, okay. So number one on our six considerations is your ministry strategy. We need to reevaluate that. Number two, Delany, is, is our learning environments. We need to think about the places and spaces where we meet. Right. Thinking about our facilities, thinking about with the learning environment, your physical, your physical classrooms or wherever your church um, meets and, and be thinking about that. You may need to evaluate your physical space, meaning that Maybe because of the guidelines in your area, you need to have smaller groups. You can't have as large of groups in a meeting at one time. And so then maybe you're going to um, offer more classes. Maybe it may even be at multiple times, something like that. Or you may have fewer kids and fewer teachers in each classroom. So reevaluating some of those spaces Maybe um, repurposing would be another, maybe a, a space that you hadn't used in the past for during this temporary time. You're going to make that into another 
space for children's or preschool ministry. But keeping in mind that if you're needing to utilize alternative spaces in your campus, that it's still the safety and security is so important mm. that you do that. But then also the furniture in the classroom, the um, restroom facilities, water sources, you know, a lot of things, especially with the learning environment, you have to think through all of those details that's going to help make it a positive experience mm. for, including, um, for our kids. Including the way we arrange our rooms. We may need more space between chairs. We might need to pull some chairs out. We may uh, get rid of some toys that in the past have been available that may not be uh, in the best interest of everyone to have a bunch of toys in our preschool spaces in the same way. And then another one, Delany, would be cleaning, our cleaning regiments. And so we know things change day to day, week to week about what is what is advised. But we also know it's important for us to uh, to clean deeply and regularly as a part of our environments uh, and, and to stay in touch with the CDC and whatever the recommendation is. But also we do that one to be clean, but also we need to make sure that parents know that we're cleaning so they have confidence. Right. Most definitely. And that's something that you could even be doing now in preparation to return is, like you said, go through the classrooms, go ahead and be preparing those. What furniture needs to be moved out? What toys that maybe can't be disinfected? Pulling pulling all those items out. But then, like you said, also communicating with the parents, letting them know what is being done. Also, sharing that with other church members or and your volunteers, making sure that you're you're letting people know what you're doing to make sure it's clean, but then also formulating those um, those policies, those practices to make sure how often you're deep cleaning and that you're cleaning those surfaces as well. All right, so ministry strategy is number one on the list. Learning environments is number two. Next up is our teaching resources. So teaching the Bible to boys and girls is a priority. However, the resources that we need or the way that we facilitate may look a little different for a season. How do we need to be thinking about the teaching resources that we choose? Right. I think, too, we have to keep in mind that whenever we return back into into our kids' ministry, it's going to look different than it did pre-COVID. Meaning that, as we talked about with learning environment, you may have smaller classes or you may need to alter the class size or how many times you're meeting. And so you, you're you going to maybe need additional curriculum leader guides, something like that. You need to think through that also if you're going to offer it more digitally rather than you know, maybe in the past you've done all the paper paper leader guides, but during this time you may consider doing it digitally. But also keeping in mind that your groups may or your groups will continue to grow, they'll um, gradually grow as we're open and people are um, coming back together. And so you need to keep that in mind as you're even preparing for the future weeks and months ahead as well. So there's some things to think about. Yeah, we, we need to think not just about today, but about a month from now or two months from now. Um, as we enter into summertime, which is just around the corner, before we know it, it's going to be time to make a decision about our fall curriculum. And, and I think it's really important for us that we remember that really content is so important. And 
Um, and as we make our decisions, we want to be careful that we don't cut corners in a place that's going to affect the quality of Christian education that we're providing to our kids. What word might you share, Delany, about, you know, we, one of the other concerns we have in regards to resources is a lot of us may be dealing with uh, cuts to our budgets where we have to make decisions about about um, where we can find savings. And I, for one, would tend to advocate that your curriculum is not a place to make uh, a, a cut uh, because the, the content that we teach is so very crucial. Uh, what word might you share with us in regards to finding savings if we do have to trim back budgets? Right. That's a great point. As I think about when I served on church staff and every year there would come that time that, you know, we're going to need to cut back the budget some or, you know, what in what ways can we scale back on budget? Like you mentioned, not compromising the curriculum part of our budget was something that I, I believed in, truly because we knew that that was most important. It was central that we were teaching boys and girls the Bible. And so that was an area where we didn't want to, um, we wanted to keep all of our funds in, in that area. And so maybe it was whenever we were having some special recognition, or even if it was a fall fest or another celebration, just finding other places where we could maybe even reduce just a little bit, but multiple places a little bit would help add up that difference Mm. that needed to be needed. Or maybe it was that as we've learned that you can do ministry creatively in different ways, we felt that there would be sometimes that maybe we did something different for a year Mm. and and found something that would be less expensive, but never compromised our our budget for the curriculum. Yeah, good word, good word. Policies and procedures is number four on our list. This is time, it's a good time. Well, first of all, it's a good practice for us, right, to revisit our policies on a regular basis. This is really almost a great time for that to happen as we have this uh, opportunity to reevaluate and maybe reset some of our policies and procedures. So talk to us about what it looks like, Delany, to review our handbook and what sorts of things might we be looking for as we review those those policies. Right. Especially right now, everyone's awareness is very heightened. And so some of these policies you're already going to have more than likely in your handbook and um, or that your church's policy. So you need to look through those and, and see what are some that need to be updated. You know, it may be even something as far as hand washing and how often you do or how often you're cleaning cleaning surfaces and all, or that you're making sure that um, all of those policies are up to date. And so you want to, to consult different sources like the CDC and some of those other helpful resources to make sure that those are, those are updated, but also even now you can be making a list of different concerns or different needs for new and additional policies. And then so you can be writing those right now. I think it's also great to talk with other kids ministers in the area and to help bounce off some of those ideas and, and think strategically, you know, what are, we're, what are going to be some new policies? And in this ebook, we also try to put our heads together, thinking through what some of those may look like as well. And so some of those things might be uh, really obvious to us. Things like, you know, uh, we may uh, need to have a new check-in procedure where we don't have everyone touching the same screen. Maybe we have one person who does that instead of multiple people. We may need to change our 
entry and exit points. I know for a season, at least, we may, uh, we may have to have different ways of entering and exiting our buildings and our spaces. And then other things may be a little bit less, um, you know, formal, but more informal in terms of like a policy on how do we greet one another? You know, can we, can we, uh, do away with high fives and hugs and replace them with something different? Uh, so there's quite a lot to think about in terms of our policies that may be formal and maybe informal. And now also when we get down to official documented policies and procedures, it's always wise to not do that in isolation, right? Correct. You want to, you want to make sure that you include your church leaders on that, that you also have feedback and they're part of the process of that, um, your pastor or another staff member as well. And so that they're very supportive of it, but you also want to consult some health professionals in your area and even in your church and your legal advisors and, and other resources like that, because they're going to be able to speak in to, um, to this from their perspective and their expertise as well. All right. Well, great. Good time to review policies and procedures and update those documents. All right. Number five on our list is volunteers and leaders. So we know kids ministry requires many people, many hands. And the assumptions that we may have had two months ago about who those people were and what what volunteering and serving our, our ministry looked like may be very different today. So what do we need to be thinking about now in regards to what our team may look like when we return? But realistically, we need to understand the fact that maybe all of our teachers will not return um, initially. It may take some time. And so we need to be in contact with them. We need to, hopefully that's already happening, that you're connecting, creating that community. But also just touch base with them and see what their feelings are, how they're feeling. There may be some people that due to health reasons or their own personal reasons, they, they don't feel that they can come back to the classroom, but maybe you can utilize them in another way. But I think it's also important as we're talking to our volunteers that we make sure to communicate our expectations for them. You know, we've talked about this is how some new policies and procedures are going to happen. This is, you know, our new learning environment situation. Communicating that to them before they tell us when they're coming back, I think mm -hmm. is important. It's only fair to them as well. But then also realizing that you're going to need additional volunteers. So as you're talking with volunteers now, getting their sense of when they feel that they're going to be coming back, um, you need to be talking with them about that, but then also be thinking about the different areas that you're going to need new volunteers and then mm -hmm. begin recruiting and onboarding new volunteers. And remember that even though this is post-COVID and this may be a temporary time, that Every volunteer needs to make sure to follow your church's policies for all volunteers. So you don't need to um, exempt anyone from that. You need to make sure that you follow those guidelines as well. Mm. And even as we change our policies and procedures, we may find that we are adding roles that we've never needed before. You know, so someone to hold doors or someone to do the check-in and man uh, uh, something that was previously not manned. So there could be new jobs that we uncover and discover as well. And so as we look for volunteers, we need to be looking around for fresh faces, uh, especially if, as you say, um, many of our volunteers at my church are a little bit older and maybe more high risk, as you said. And so they may not be back. And I, I might need to look for a different pool of younger uh, volunteers to help out, at least for a season. 
Number six on the list, and the last one that we have in the six considerations for reopening your kids' ministry, is effective communication. Boy, my goodness, we can't say enough about how important it is not just to do all these things, but to communicate with people about what's happening and to have opportunities for people to learn and discover what you're doing. Talk to us, Delany, about this. Why is this so important that it gets a number on our six considerations? How important is communication? Right. I think one of the big things on people feeling comfortable coming back is going to be that they understand um, how things are different, that they understand that things have been clean, that it's disinfected, that we're doing everything we can to help protect the kids, protect the families. And so we need to make sure that when we're communicating that it's consistent that it's concise, and that it's clear. People need to know, and we need to do it consistently, meaning multiple ways as well. We can't just do it one time and people think, you know, oh, we've communicated that. No, you need to communicate often. You also need to communicate the why, because when people understand the why, they're much more likely to understand and follow the what if you yes. will. And then they're, they're on board with that. And so it's going to help people know um, the new, the new guidelines, the new expectations, if you will. And it's going to help keep everyone informed as well. And so some of those things are, uh, are things we may be already doing. So, you know, perhaps we already have an email list that we use to send out information. Uh, but perhaps we might communicate through a Facebook community uh, via text, we might actually mail out a letter to our parents and have something physical by way of a notification. But also this communication includes us speaking words, right? When when people enter the spaces, we shouldn't assume that they've read the communications we've sent out, but we need to reinforce them verbally uh, for the adults, but also for the kids to communicate new expectations. And then also possibly in signage around the building, Right. And I think you bring up a good point of, you know, someone may have not read all of the communication you've had, but we also need to think about during this time, our churches may experience more guests coming mm. that maybe they, they have never even been to our church before. And so we need to be welcoming and ready for that and making sure that as we communicate, that we communicate um, confidently, but also with love and sharing that why and reminding them that they're very important and you're so glad that they're there, but giving grace to people too about if, um, you know, there may be some new guidelines or there will be new guidelines and, and people may forget some things. And so just gently remind them and um, graciously remind them and share with them. And it's always a good idea to set the right expectation, tell people what you're going to do to do it, to meet the expectation, and then to tell them what you've done, right? So that they are aware of what, what's happening. Because really, one of our goals in all of this is, of course, we want to be in compliance with our federal, state, and local guidelines that uh, we need to follow. But really, we want to assure parents that their children will be safe in our environment um, and then reassure them that they are, in fact, safe. So that assurance and reassurance is something that we we need to take every opportunity to communicate well the things that we're doing. It's almost not enough just to do them if people don't know we're doing them, right? We, we need to make people aware of what it is, the steps that we're taking in all these areas. Right. And I think along with that, too, it's making sure our volunteers know so they can help communicate it to the parents. But then Absolutely. they know for their safety as well. 
and the steps that we're taking. And so it may not be a bad idea to have some sort of a, a one sheet, like a one a quick bulleted list or something that each of your leaders can have and that you can verse them on. Here's, here's what we can communicate in regards to pickup procedures or changes in procedures to uh, cleanliness and things that we're doing in our environments and why uh, in regard to capacities. So if we could have a little FAQ that we pulled together for our team, may not be a bad idea. Right. Well, Delany, thank you so much. First of all, I want to thank you publicly for the work that you have done to help pull together um, this document, this free ebook that we have six considerations for reopening your kids ministry. You can find that listeners at lifeway.com slash six considerations. That's lifeway.com slash the numeral six considerations. It's a long word, but once you type it in, it's very clear that you're on the right page. On that page, you can enter your email and download the free ebook, which is a substantial document. It's got quite a lot of meat in the book, and it will help you. Uh, again, we're, we're not necessarily looking to give you all the answers because one size does not fit all, but we do want to help you ask the right questions so that you can make the right decisions in your context for your church. In addition to the ebook, we have included a free poster pack. And so as we talk about communication, one of the things we can do is post some signage that helps us uh, prompt people for safe distancing and check-in and hand-washing procedures and all those things. And so we've provided that for you for free as well there at lifeway.com slash six considerations. Delany, thank you so much for your time and your energy. Thank you, Chuck. And we appreciate your wisdom on this. I know that you, having been uh, a kids minister in the local church, you are very in touch with things like this. And so we are, we are blessed to have your mind on these problems as we seek to advise the church. Listeners, thank you. We appreciate you listening. Please share this podcast with other church leaders. We want to make sure that this resource, um, this free ebook for reopening, six considerations for reopening your kids ministry is something that reaches people who need this. By the way, none of this has anything to do with Lifeway Kids content. This is really just uh, uh, helping you think about your ministry in a strategic way. Um, we at Lifeway Kids care very deeply about helping you facilitate ministry to kids and families. And so this is a gift that we are pleased to offer you regardless of the curriculum that you use. Of course, if you're looking for trustworthy content, we offer that. And so I want to invite you to check out the resources that we offer uh, through Lifeway Kids. One of the best places to find that is at teachkids.lifeway.com. This is a page that we have created that lets you see, show, share, and compare the three curriculum resources that we have at Lifeway Kids. It, that is at uh, teachkids.lifeway.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back again next time for the rest of this series where we will unpack in, in the next three episodes the, these six uh, considerations in much more depth. So come back for those really soon at the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. 